Ryan and Danielle over at Prime Yourself wanted to wish everybody a happy new year. This episode, they're doing a featured brand. It's called Blonix. I actually take Blonix before a workout. Um, I take the HMB plus creatine. They have three products, so including that one, they also have beta alanine, which is very popular, and then the HMB Sport beta alanine. So good for CrossFitters. It fights that fatigue during an endurance workout, especially that our body is trying to um, catch up to. So Blonix, check them out. They're at Prime Yourself. I take them. A bunch of coaches take them. Check them out at the Poughkeepsie store or when they pop up in Wabinger's or on their website, primeyourself.com. All right, guys, we are about to get into episode 41. This is the first episode of the new year, so I want to wish everybody a very, very happy new year. I am fired up. I have a lot of things that I want to do this year, uh, personally, business-wise, relationship-wise, so very, very good year coming up, I feel. 2018 was awesome. So in this episode, talk with Brian Kuzma. He talks about, especially at the end of the episode, super important for you guys, especially CrossFitters, to listen. He talks about rowing. Caesar asks him, what is the deal with the damper setting? And he just goes off. And we basically don't even speak because it's like, wow, this is mind-blowing stuff. So talks about how he got into lacrosse, how he got into coaching, a couple of Ironmans that he's been through, how he met Carlene. Very good episode here. Have a listen. And I will talk to you guys soon. Enjoy. I didn't even know you were on the podcast. <laughs> so beats me. Did you work out today? I did work out today. Did you get the muscle ups? I did get the muscle ups. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Nice. But you never had problems with muscle ups. No, just since, since my hurt oh. my wrist. Oh, okay. Yep, I've yep. been on the rings. Yeah, yeah. We've been live <laughs> for a little while now. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Caesar, why don't you introduce our guest? All right, ladies and gentlemen. Listeners, today we have a very special guest, Brian Kuzma. <laughs> <laughs> or as some pronounce it, Kuzma. How is it pronounced, Brian? Uh, Kuzma. Mm. Okay. If you're from the Ukraine, then it's Kuchma. Kuchma. Oh. oh. All right, so let's get into your ethnicity. Are you Ukrainian? I'm half, yeah, my father's side is Ukrainian, and then my mom's uh, Italian. Nice. Right. Nice. What about Carlene's side? What about Big Paul? Uh, Big P. French Canadian and German. Hey, I could see the German. So yeah. you're a whole mishmash. Poor kids. The kids are not me. <laughs> they're they're, oh, all, yeah. they're both mutts. <coughs> they're they're yeah. just European. <laughs> what are you? European. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Short and sweet. What do you think about Caesar butchering your last name? Kuzuma. It happens all all the time. So. What other renditions do you it. get? Uh, the biggest one is probably just Kuxima. Kuxima. Mm. Yeah, because people don't realize the C is silent. <laughs> right. Or uh, Kuzma. That's probably the other one. Kuzma. Kuzma. There's yeah. a couple of people here that I hear I, you yeah. call you that. I think yeah. I used to call you Kuzma. Yeah. And Kuzma. You, you just got get that it. crazy CZ <clears throat> in there. You don't see that very often. That's rare. No. That's mm. Eastern European. Yeah. 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 That's, That's that the, rare back-to-back. Check area. area. You know? But uh, I, I get it all the time, so it's I just, I just shrug it off. It's like a JG. I'm, I'm deaf to it now. What's going on there? <coughs> You're deaf to it. You don't care. You don't correct people. No. No. So, Bri, you have off, so we decided to bring you in. We've always wanted to have you on the podcast. Here well. you are. Yeah. <laughs> Tough you, You're just an easy target today. We we <laughs> we had no one else. <laughs> <laughs> no, we always talked about bringing you on. Yeah. Once the summer rolls around, then I'm here all the time. But. Yeah. You're on Christmas vacation. Yep. Tell us from where, tell us from what, tell us from who. What are you doing for the rest of the vacation? Uh, hitting a little Christmas party right after this. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, a day drinker? <coughs> possibly. Wow. Hey, my, uh, visiting He's with my brothers and, and my father. So okay. Nice. It's going to be uh, the, a little rowdy time. The, Kuz- all the, the Kuzuma all the boys? Yep. Yep. And my sister. How many? Uh, two brothers and a sister. Where do you have to go? Uh, down to Yorktown. Okay. Okay. Nice. What are you going to drink? Uh, Probably my homebrew. Yeah, yeah, your own special mm. brew. Tell us about That's, that uh, one. How long have you been brewing? Uh, Since, I would say, 2008, maybe. So when they, w- right when the craft beer 
uh, movement started happening and the beer was so expensive. So we, me and a few of my friends decided <laughs> let's make our own instead of paying for, for the, uh, you know, $40 for yeah. a growler. We can spend 25 and make five gallons. So we started doing that. And, uh, five gallons of beer. So we uh, just stick a straw in the <coughs> thing. Went right to kegging. No, no bottling. Too much of a pain in the ass. So we uh, did that, and I haven't looked back since. So I'm, I'm sure as time progressed, you've gotten better, you know, at brewing. So I would hope so. What was <laughs> what was that first batch compared to maybe that stuff that you brought to the competition? <laughs> well, one of my friends is no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> the first stuff we, we, we brewed was uh, like Belgian type abbeys, and those are so high in alcohol that yeah. even if it was bad, it didn't matter because <laughs> you were you were bombed after the first glass. So those <laughs> are some of my favorites: the double Belgians, triple Belgians. Yeah, woof. Yeah. But now. Uh, now I pretty much do pale ales and uh, and IPAs. That's kind of those are those are the end beers now. Yeah. Yep. What about sours? I thought those about are it, in, but I can't you can't have more than one of those. Yeah. Mm. My my cheeks start puckering and <laughs> you just won't kiss everybody. No. Nah, nah. <laughs> and uh, they they just after one they my stomach starts to turn. It's just yeah, not a, not a big fan. Stouts I'll I'll do once in a while. I'll do a, I used to do a. Uh, breakfast stout it was a chocolate oatmeal coffee oh baby uh stout it was thick that <laughs> was that was my uh post-workout after doing a long bike ride i would pour one of those drink one of them bad boys yeah what do you think about a beer after a workout it's perfect right yeah. ain't gonna hit you hurt you hit nope. you hurt you no nope. that's it's perfect it's kind of like what you you know i guess as, as athletes when you finish uh, especially when you're older and you're playing in the club scene that's usually the the post post game uh you know drink i mean that's what that's what they give you after spartan <coughs> races in, in the in the parking yep. lot you know true boom that's true have a brew is there any nutritional benefit to a beer after a workout calories mm. not that they're useful caloric intake calories. they say that they're empty calories brian is that true uh i think a calorie is a calorie calories is a, a calorie. calorie just like shakespeare said yep <laughs> what? Just like old Bill Shakespeare used to say, <laughs> calories a calorie. So, B, you've done triathlons. Like, what's the longest you've done? Uh, the Ironman is is the farthest I've done. Which is explain that to uh, the people who don't know. Let's that. see, two point four mile swim, shit. followed by one hundred and twelve mile bike, double shit, and then a uh, full marathon, triple, Damn, triple shit, yeah, yeah, twenty six point two miles. Out of that trifecta, what's the hardest part? Uh, to run. For me, it was the bike. Oh, just because it's the length of it. You're you're on that. You're sitting in the saddle for like five hours. Is your ass hurt? Oh man, the the yeah, the, the chafe ride. you get is Ooh. is brutal. You don't put that um, monkey butter on <clears throat> Vaseline. You kind of build up a callus Ooh. after. Uh, <laughs> After you know train because when you train you're, oh, you're, riding, you're doing eighty mile rides, hundred mile rides. A callus in your chachi? Not really. I mean, it's just that you get desensitized to it. That's it's not true. really a callus, but uh, <laughs> um, and actually, uh, Carlene did one. She did the the New York one, uh, which is the second one I did, and she uh, she had a rough go because she swallowed some of the Hudson oh. as she was swimming, and then, so she was throwing up the whole time. But, oh uh, God! This she, is before you had the kids, right? <clears throat> No, that we were training while having like young kids. Okay. That was which was tough because, you know, they, they're up. You know, so we have to. You can't go out for a two-hour bike ride yeah, or right. run or whatever. So we had <laughs> did to. Did you have like the little baby, <laughs> the, the baby seat on the back? We did. Uh, we're we find miles. those things so funny. <laughs> I know. Like people too. going around turns. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would have to. She, she would get up real early in the morning and train in the basement on it. Like we had a, a trainer for our bikes, and then. Uh, I would do more of the night stuff, and we, so we would just try to okay. alternate so that one of us was able to, to hang with the kids or, you know, put the kids to bed and then go down to the basement and ride for an hour and a half, two hours on the bike, run on the treadmill afterward, and then go to bed. That was kind of... what Like, what were your distances? Because you don't... To train for one of those, you obviously don't <coughs> do an Ironman to train for an Ironman, right? Well, I guess you can do that. You, you only do two uh, legs together, right? Is that true? Like, you pair two legs of... Uh, yeah, usually you don't do. You can do building into it, uh, like the week before. You'll you'll do like shorter triathlons, just like, I mean, quick, you, quick swim, you know, 
five mile bike and then like a two mile run like nothing crazy where were you swimming <clears throat> uh over what's that pond over by uh white pond white pond yep nice. we do a lot of swims over at white pond uh in the winter we were training at uh Bastard college in the pool there oh <coughs> in the pond no <laughs> uh but as soon as it got warm enough we would go over to white pond that was a, a good you know until the weeds grew in and then Ugh. it's my old stomping ground over there yeah it's right nice over there that's right yeah. white pond dub uh so yeah the the longest distances we, we would train <coughs> training races we would do would be half half irons just to to get some of that distance in and then if we were doing something long it would only be one of the disciplines so mm. you know and i think the longest training ride that i did was maybe an 80 mile bike and then runs were half marathons yeah. um, and where would you go for your rides <coughs> yeah i would ride if i was gonna do something that long i would go the rail trail up <laughs> to the, up to the uh <laughs> To Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. On the shoulder of the Taconic. <laughs> Taconic to 84. <laughs> There's no shoulder. <laughs> uh, it's actually a really good ride. You go up the trail. Start at uh, Daddio's. Yep. Oh, yeah, the beginning. Go all the way up the trail to uh, the walkway over the Hudson. Go yep. over. And then you ride a little bit on 299 mm -hmm. and hop on the trail over there and head to New Paltz. Yeah. And then I would ride through New Paltz up into the gunks, yeah. turn around, and come back. That wow. is cool. Yeah. <clears throat> My Christ. And gunks is all uphill, too. Yeah. Oh, my Christ. So uh, that but on the way up downhill. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see people ride up there, like, towards Minnewaska. It's great riding up there. Yeah. Whoa. They're, like, great, like, 180 hairpin turns, yeah. people going up that thing. There's a race up there. I can't remember what race is up there in the gunks. You swim into the lake. You bike. Uh, it's uh, like yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's the... Oh, that sounds that cool. one. That we one's should a take a trip up there in the spring. <coughs> that, one a a group of us? that one's yeah. a swim. Awesome yeah, it's a swim. I love swim bike, and then yeah. there's a swim again. I think. I think so. Yeah. Uh, SOS. I think they call it. <laughs> so if you don't know, you can swim <coughs> up in the gunks, but they have no lifeguards. So you actually have to take a class because if you end up, because the, you could do laps. If you, if you die, they sue you. <laughs> no, but like you know, they, they have no lifeguard <laughs> there, so you got to take pass an exam. That's held by them because. Because there's no lifeguards there, and only like pro athletes swim up there in the lake, it's like really intense. Wow! Really? I didn't yeah. Know that? Yep. Me and Jamie went up there late summer, and we found this this off this dirt road. We followed this um like the river or the stream there, and we swam in that little swimming hole there. It was awesome. Yeah, it's so nice up there, it's especially awesome. in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. People go up there hiking, um, and the first. <laughs> So compare the Iron Man to that beast you did with me and Carlene. Well, explain uh, what a beast is for those who don't or not in oh, the Spartan so, races. Well, the Spartan races, <clears throat> they have a bunch of other events like the, what do they call it, the Agog? Yeah. Yep. The Hurricane Heats. But they, <clears throat> they're, they're three different lengths, the Sprint, Super, and the Beast. And then they do have the Ultra The Ultra, beast, which is the which two, is, two Beasts. Two beasts, but the back beast back is about beasts. yeah. The nope. beast is about what was it? Seventeen miles? Uh, yeah, I think something like that. Something around there, and we did it at Killington, which was allegedly the hardest location in the country because of the elevation change. And they have them all over. They have them in Texas, every state, Tahoe. They have a big one. <coughs> and it, 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 it was Brian's <laughs> first one. Car Carlene and Turbo signed up for it, and someone was supposed to do it with the, with you guys and backed out like last second i think i don't remember so i was so i jumped in yeah. two days before no training for it other than doing crossfit did and i was like yeah i'll do it jumped in and uh that was it was similar to the first <clears throat> the first uh when we first started doing half irons and, and then that the first ironman i did i only did crossfit training for it i didn't yeah. do long rides long runs same thing with carlene and uh it was similar to that you know where you just you don't know what to expect and then you know you, mentally it was probably more challenging i think than physically at least it on, is, uh, on our it end is very mental we're used to the distances like that and, yeah and, and long long days because yeah. it took us what seven about seven hours because <laughs> uh, you guys probably would have finished sooner if it wasn't for me for, for, uh, yeah, for gandalf i told the, i told them the like <laughs> I don't like to do races with other people because I get in a zone and I just go. I don't like to wait. I don't like to do anything. <laughs> and there was a part where 
both my VMOs on my quads just instantly pulled and I was like putting down mustard like it was my job because that some it does something it resets your cells mm-hmm. that your cramps go away but we came to a point in the race where it's called the death march where you're literally going up the face <clears throat> of Killington for I don't know how many it miles was, it was it was a mile it was straight a mile up. straight up and you just see it's like ants marching up mm. this hill Dave Matthews what up and um <laughs> Both my, both my quads pull. Brian's going up this hill like he's on a fucking stairmaster. You know, Carlin's having no problem, and I could not support my body weight with my legs. So I had a, I had this I, stick. I ran, I ran into the woods. Brian <laughs> brings back this stick. Looks like a staff. And I'm just hobbling up this mountain. Just call me Gandalf. <laughs> it was demoralizing. Demoralizing. And every like ten steps, you're like mustard. Yeah, mustard. Because like I'd suck down a mustard, something. mustard packet, yep. and you'd be, you know, it's a temporary fix, but it's immediate, so you can get right back on your feet and go. And then, you know, a few steps later, boom, you're done. Yeah, it was uh, yellow, yellow mustard. Yellow mustard. You'll see. Uh, that's something <coughs> I've, I've never, I've never used races. it before. And then, so like morphine, real quick. Something, yeah. 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 It's a, just a quick shot Instant. to your system. It's, cr- it's crazy. So, so what does it do? It, how does what? What? Do I don't know the exact science behind it it's not the salt in it it's it's a different compound in the mustard that just reboots like the cells in your body and then your cramp immediately goes away was it spicy mustard no it was yellow mustard honey mustard just yellow right french's guys i want to say this one one more time it was yellow mustard was it (laughs) dijon french's and you'll see people have like you know the stuff yeah a bottle of it like (laughs) 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 it's pretty ridiculous (laughs) but that was yeah that was a good time that was really fun very it was rewarding and then then the, the the creepy wedding we went to after oh god yeah did you guys we crash a wedding? Dude, we housed some burgers at we, this we, one joint. We went to this place called Mulligan's. It was uh, at, at Stratton, at the, in the village of Stratton, uh, at, the ski, at the ski mountain. And we're like, oh, let's go there. They got great burgers. We, we roll in. We're, we didn't even go home and showered, so we're nah. covered in mud. Mud, dirt, sweat. We, we walk in. They put us in a booth. And then all of a sudden, the <laughs> wedding party comes in. And it was not just like the after the wedding party. It was the party yeah like th- they were doing their first dance and everything wow in the ball. yeah okay and they're, they're all taking Reception. pictures and we're in the back photobombing their pictures like what up in, in the booth. it was the, it was the weirdest thing and they had gnome hats on <clears throat> yeah like dunce caps all of them like different colored yeah i don't know man it's a strange crowd up there <laughs> vermont is weird it's weird dude <laughs> that was fantastic though so how long have you been crossfitting v uh, 2008. And how long, <coughs> how'd you discover that? Uh, I have a couple of friends that are military. Uh, the Carlene's best friend is, uh, in the, in the army. And then, uh, one of my roommates from college, uh, two of them actually ended up in the military, uh, after college. They, one's a, became a ranger and the other Ooh. one was, a was a army doctor, ranger. was a doctor. And then uh, once he got his his MD through the army, he then went back in and reenlisted to become a ranger. So so he's. But anyway, th- those are the guys that basically went, when they started using it, you know, when they were deployed or whatever, yeah. they were sending us like emails saying, "Hey, you got to check this out." So we we started CrossFitting. The work they would send you the workouts. <clears throat> they were just they just said, "Hey, check out the website." Oh. You know, th- this is what we're doing. It's pretty cool. It changes every day. Uh, you know, it's functional. So we uh, it's constantly started, varied yep. functional movement. So we started CrossFitting the out of our out of our, yeah. uh, <laughs> out of our basement, and uh, we built all kinds of stuff to you know hung rings from the ceiling in our basement and all kinds of stuff that we can get our hands on. And then uh, I ended up building a uh, CrossFit gym at our, at the high school I teach at. So we, no I, way. Uh, a donor donated a whole mess of money uh, to put in, we put in a, a rig, kind of like what we have here, rings, everything in the, in the gym. And I started, that's how I was training my lacrosse teams Damn. when I was uh, coaching down at, uh, at Putnam Valley. So uh, we were doing that for until 2014. And then I started coaching up here. So I stopped training with with them down there and then uh 
almost three years ago we joined this CrossFit. So I always think about that. If I had CrossFit, like you know, your kids doing high school, where be monsters. Where they were, be, yeah, beasts. Th- those groups that I was working with were were just we we would run teams off the field. I mean, just that's physically. awesome. Because we would do it all through the season. So yeah. by usually teams they lift going you know, like all winter and uh-huh. then they stop, mm-hmm. and then by May they're they're weak. But we were lifting and doing CrossFit all after practice, all the way through. And then oh, once okay. we hit May, it was we were on a different level because the kids were all you know still strong, uh, you know, and they were fit. So it was uh, it was good. It was good. You know, it, it's also funny hearing like people <coughs> when they like you guys who started CrossFit in two thousand seven or two thousand eight, whatever. And like, oh, someone emailed me where like I came into it in 2014 where it was, it was just like really starting to like, yeah, yeah, be, become this thing when someone was like, well, you, you know, I've heard of it. I saw it on TV, on ESPN, but I didn't like, and like the origins like, yeah, someone, someone emailed me. Try it, was, yeah. <laughs> it, was so, it was so weird. I went it's to so the scary. library and got a book about it. <laughs> like the secret organization. Yeah, there was <laughs> nothing. That's what it was too. It was, it was deemed a cult. Yeah. Back then, you know, you think it is now. It was really a cold back then. And like, you're yeah. out of your mind. What is that shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think the, the first workout I did with them was, uh, is it Angie, the the 100 pull-ups? There's one with 100 pull-ups. 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, 100 push-ups. Something, something like, like that, that, yeah. Angie or, yeah. And yeah. We, we got to like 50 pull-ups. And I was like, all right, we're scaling this. Because <laughs> we didn't know how to kip. We didn't do it. Was, oh, yeah. Doing yeah. Strict, so you're doing strict pull-ups. Strict pull-ups. Rabdo. Yeah. So, like, scale it, scale it. So we did it. We did 75. And then we did the 100, all the other movements, because we could do those. But I remember for two weeks, I could not straighten yeah. my arms. And that, yeah. it, was, yeah. it was awful. Awful. But, and that's uh, what gets you addicted. Yeah. Right? And you can't move. That's <laughs> like wow. I think the, se- the second workout we did, I had a ki- we it was a, some kind of dumbbell lunge workout. We're doing it in the hallway, and the superintendent's walking by, and the kid puts the dumbbells down and just starts throwing up, like, <laughs> literally right in front of the superintendent. I'm like, all right, this is good. He, I mean, he he didn't mind, but he's just like, make sure you clean that up. Yeah, <laughs> just destroying these kids. <laughs> so tell us about. Your lacrosse background, because you grew up in the like the mecca of lacrosse fit in in New York State. No? Lacrosse fit? Did I say lacrosse fit? You did. You did. <laughs> you did. I like it though. Oh my gosh, <laughs> lacrosse fit. Yeah, right. I mean, you're like lacrosse fit. <laughs> That's so weird. You you and Christian Gallagher yeah. are lacrosse fit. Lacrosse fit. <laughs> uh, There's something wrong with me. <laughs> so wait, wait. Yeah, what is the so mecca of lacrosse? Uh, that Yorktown. Okay. In this area, it's Yorktown. Okay. Um, <coughs> and now, when I you say Mecca, that's the Northeast. Uh, I would say or New York State. Well, I mean, ba- when I was in high school, the hotbeds were Long Island, our area, uh, which was you know Yorktown, and then uh, the Syracuse area. Yeah, those mm-hmm. are and then Maryland. Those are kind of like the four places. It's obviously grown tremendously now. It's the fastest growing sport uh, in, in I think in the world right now. Wow! Uh, they just got their Olympic. Uh, I guess approval? thing that approval where yeah. they're gonna uh, uh, do their oh. li- they're finally gonna be in the Olympics. That's cool. Uh, f- nice. Four years, I think. Uh, so it's gonna be. I don't know much about lacrosse. Cool. Men and women. Would the United States rank atop for that? It's U.S. and uh, there was like five seconds to go in the in the game, and they scored the game winner. Like so, it's it's a pretty he- pretty heated uh, uh, battle. But yeah, I mean back then, I was actually a, a late starter. Compared to today, I'm ages late. Uh, you know, most kids are starting second grade, well, yeah. even earlier. I know. Second seven, grade, eight, seven started, years old. Braden started at kindergarten. Holy uh, shit! Whereas I didn't start, and even back then in Yorktown, this was late. I started in sixth grade, and all my friends were third grade, fourth grade, mm. which was early back then. Um, and then I just I got hooked on it. It was just something you know. That, it's a lot like basketball, hockey, football. You kind of mix them all up. <coughs> uh, and it was just a, a, you know, I had success early with it. So that, you know, made it, uh, usually when that happens, you kind of get hooked on it. And, you know, I put a lot of time into it. Uh, went on to play at Yorktown. Uh, we were pretty good back then. Uh, we, I think in, we won five, four state championships in five years. 
during my <laughs> high school. We're decent. <laughs> um, <laughs> Took four out of five. <laughs> so uh, dynasty. Anyway, we we were like sixty and three in the in my from sophomore to senior year. Damn! Holy wow. shit! <coughs> uh, and then from there, just I went on to play at Johns Hopkins, and played there for four years. Scholarship. Uh, yeah, that's um, Division One. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, <coughs> it's a great school. Too. Yeah, it was kind of John Hopkins. One of those deals school. where, you know, I'm the last of four kids, so it was either go to a state school or get, you know, get paid to go. So it was. Uh, That's nice. <coughs> you know, so that was uh, it helped out big time because I, you know, I was lucky enough to not, not to have to pay for school. Um, so, just went on uh, from there, and then it was kind of like a two year, two year lull. Where I was just playing club, I was driving to Long Island every every Sunday uh, every Sunday in the spring. This was after to, after college. college. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, did not win any championships in college. Went to the Final Four a couple times. Oh, cool. Um, <coughs> and then uh, Syracuse and Duke are up there too. Yeah. College, right? Yeah. Uh, North Carolina. It was Virginia, Syracuse, North Carolina. Duke was kind of on the rise. Okay. Uh, back then, uh, Princeton. Was was right there. That was kind of like the, the the main schools, uh, and then it was a you know two year. Usually you graduate and you just played club. You know you'd go to tournaments and you know we we got to play out in, in, in uh, Vail, Colorado every summer, Ooh. Uh, which was cool. Uh, Ocean City, Maryland. You know we, we would just find places to play that had high high level competition, and then uh, two years out, I guess it was in two thousand. Uh, they started the major league lacrosse, and then that I got into that, and I was playing professionally for eight years. How did you get into? <coughs> how, like, how do you make? Did they have open tryouts, or they they, had, they, they, they had recruit a, you? They had a combine, and then uh, you know they flew everybody down to Florida, and then we they had a big combine, and then they did a draft. Uh, I was drafted to Boston, so I played in Boston for three years professionally. Yeah, how and old got, were you at that time? What was the name of your team? Uh, the what colors are my underwear? <coughs> the Boston Cats? Cannons. Oh, Cannons. Boston Cannons. Like Boston that. Cannons. Uh, I was, how old was I? 20, 25. Nice. Oh. So I was, I was, which I was one of the older because the kids who just got out of college were, yeah. were also coming into the league too. So, uh, you know, we were part of that old, the old crew. Uh, <laughs> the old you know, even, even The by, OGs. I mean, by, the, by the time I retired, I mean, I was in my 30s and, you know, playing against kids who were 22 so Holy it, was, shit. Uh, it was definitely uh you know uh, it was an experience thing we, the more experience we had and which from playing club you, you gain that because you're uh you're playing without a coach <coughs> so you kind of learn uh to play kind of freelanced yeah and that that helped in the in the pro game where the college kids can they came out like structured and they couldn't really thrive in that environment yet it's changed now though because now everyone nobody has played club because everyone's coming out of college and going right in. Yeah. <coughs> so the now if they make it. If they make it. And now it's uh a little bit more, you know, like it was for college. It's a little bit more structured. Um then I got traded from Boston, went and got traded down to Phil- Philadelphia. Played with Philadelphia for 5 years. What team was that? Uh we were the Barrage. Philadelphia, Philadelphia Barrage. Barrage. Are, b- uh, are both these teams still active? Uh, Philly is not. We won- It's so f- uh, funny. We uh, In those five years, we won three world championships. Wow. And then the team disbanded. No way. Yep. Why? The ownership uh, sold the rights to the team, and they basically drafted us all off. And oh, that, my that, that's when I re- That's when I retired. I was... So just to tire on top, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ready for you. Go out on say top. And do that. So you uh, got rings? Rings and yep. uh, you got a lot of bling. Yeah, got yep. a lot. Of, damn, three rings. Nice bling from. That's so, awesome. That's cool. Is this pre Carlene or? <coughs> no, she was uh, in the picture when I was in. Boston. How'd you guys meet? Ho- college. At college, she was a uh, lacrosse player at college. She was phenomenal uh, defender. Fucking and, meant uh, to be, huh? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, we actually we never dated in college. We we were just you know good friends hanging out, and then. Uh, after school, probably two years later, uh, we actually ended up seeing each other at a uh, tournament. And then I was not dating the same girl that I was for years. And 
Screw her. Uh, so we ended up seeing each other again, and then she ended up moving up here, and that's Just, it. You batted your eyelashes, bing, bang, boom, <laughs> done. Two yep. kids later, how you doing? So, so we knew each other for. for Won't you for, taste this brew here that I just made? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so we knew each other for many I years. I feel before. woozy. You were a tank back in the. I mean, not that you're a tank now. When but I was when I was playing for Philly, I was two two hundred and twenty pounds. Shit! How much do you weigh now? One ninety five. You should. Christ. Do you still the have your license? Player. Uh, yeah, I have a You're, picture of it. Because I've seen. Oh wait, can I see? The it? dude has like no neck. My it neck doesn't is, even look like him. My neck. Look, like, I have like an 18 inch neck. He looks like, like a full back. guy in the mugshot. He's from my neck of the woods. My man's up to his neck in charges. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a chest tat- chest tattoo on his neck. Yeah. <laughs> he was huge. So. I, I mean, when I was in high school, I, I don't even. I never heard of lacrosse. I yeah. mean, I heard of it. Same but it, thing with Carmel. Yeah, it wasn't huge. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's like I know nothing about it. And like what you need, what a tip, you know, yeah. the the quintessential lacrosse athlete should have skill-wise what they should, you know, look like. Talk about wow. it, John Ashley. Did you play lacrosse? Yeah, I did. Wow. In uh, high school. Hey, guys, John Ashley's here. They, uh, hey, John. Our program when I was in. <laughs> yeah, dude, right? <laughs> and Bill, throw Bill into that mix. Imagine that dude coming at you full speed with a stick. With a stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> nice. I was a little bit bigger back then. Yeah. So go on. Uh, when I was in 10th grade, we, Carmel just started the yeah. lacrosse program. And I couldn't, like, he. He described it, Brian just described it so well, because we were so behind yeah. every season just because of how, like, like we none of us had any experience just getting our asses beat mm-hmm. every season. And then when I was a senior, we actually made it to sectionals for the first time. It was a really big deal. Did you play? Springsport? Yeah. Oh, you did. Springsport, right? Yeah, yeah. Springsport. Yeah. And, like, I just remember going in 10th grade not knowing anything anything jv couldn't even couldn't even no stick skills no nothing <coughs> finally when i get up to varsity i'm minorly athletic i can maybe do some of the stuff but then you see some other kids from schools that are just yeah. nasty and we're scraping by winning some games and then other games just getting demolished because mm-hmm. these schools are established they're legacy schools right. and all this stuff like they have they, these kids started playing when they were in second grade yeah so, and then just so that so then how'd you get into coaching? Uh that was those who can't do teach. My dad my dad was a uh he coached <laughs> his, for probably 20 years basketball, football. Uh, so I grew up around it all the time and then he became an athletic director and then he stopped but um but that m- most of my years was was watching him coach. Um and then when I graduated college, I graduated with a degree that you I had couldn't do anything with it. It was a, a psychology degree, so I either had to go back to school or or uh, <laughs> find something else to do. And at that point, I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet. Uh, so I was wait psychology <coughs> or psychiatry? Psychology. Psychology. Uh, I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of going through like a rough time because I was no longer playing. Mm. in college where you're kind of like in the spotlight and then you're now you got to find your own identity now you're like nobody exactly how Uh, old are you that was i was 22 time uh so i went through like a a year of kind of oh it was it was (laughs) well that was that was it was i definitely went through a uh point of like I guess I didn't know about it until later. I started learning about it. Like uh, athletes go through this de- uh, a depression, state of depression. Yes. When they leave a sport after after uh, college. Yep. And uh, y- you know you see it. Uh, I think in some of these professional athletes when they retire, mm. they're no longer in the spotlight. They don't have their identity anymore. There's and no they go structure. Through this. That, yeah. <clears throat> so I went through a year. It was it was pretty it was pretty shitty for for a year. Uh, I was working at a at club fit that was kind of the personal trainer down there uh just to make some money uh and then i think through that I, when i was working with athletes there i kind of started liking the coaching thing and then i went 
and the, an opening actually opened up where my dad was the athletic director and my brother was a teacher there already so boom we there's both, your we end. me and him little both nepotism. took over the uh took over the program and then that kind of got me into coaching where's this Horace Greeley mm. <coughs> and then uh oh, we used to play was there for a couple years football yeah and then uh then I ended up going back to school getting my teaching degree and then that kind of got me into the that that track there you go um, and I think it was it's also the lifestyle I, I grew up with a family of teachers have always having them around in the summer being able to travel camp do things like that that was something I wanted for my kids yeah. so that's that was kind of the the track that I went so you could tell your coaching is seamless you know like you you it's very fluent, mm-hmm. very fluid. You, you don't stutter. I mean, you don't like to look people yeah, in the eyes when you coach, but <laughs> why is that? He's very, he's know. very tense. Well, not tense, but you know, he's usually I'm talking thinking, with a purpose. Usually, I'm thinking about what I'm what I'm going to say. Your next yeah. step, yeah. Your wheels are turn. Your mind's one step ahead of what you're saying. Yeah. So that that kind of got me into the that that coaching. You know, the 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 coaching, the teaching, and. That's where I am now. And what do you teach? Uh, biology and uh, sports exercise science. Whoa. Where? At Putnam Valley. Biology? <coughs> yep. So <laughs> you're talking about... Do they still do the CrossFit training down there? Can't hear Caesar. What's that? Do they still do the CrossFit training down there? No, not since I stopped coaching there. And now they suck. They're... They they hold their own, but they they could be better. He can't say it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> being modest, it's being modest. It's being very PC right now. I have to be, just in case. You do. So do we. Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> Give me the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so now yeah. you, so now you're also a coach of the CrossFit endurance class. Yeah. at the gym. Yeah. How is that? Uh, what were you going on two years now? Almost. Hell yeah. So I think it's been great. Uh, you know, doing it with, with Carlene, that's, you know, kind of cool how we get to program at home. We talk about workouts, things like that. It's just a different, different thing that we do. Probably you and George, although you're not married. Uh, not yet. It could be. You yeah. know, it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. About to That's be 2019, uh, you never know. Relationship yeah. goals, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Having that perfect woman just to talk about workouts with. Yeah. <laughs> George uh, has that hair. But it's funny. Like, we we, we, all, we have our different opinions on it. it of what we want to do program-wise. And, and, you know, I, I, I want to program one way. And then she'll... You know, want to program another way, and we ended up kind of hashing out. Next thing you know, your do. clothes it's are in the front yard. <laughs> People, <laughs> windows are broken on the couch. Uh, <laughs> it's good because I, I seeing her point of view of, of what of what she wants to you know accomplish versus mine, and then we kind of find this happy medium between volume and and skill. And and uh, I was going to ask you know. that. Do you, which uh, which out of the two of you, uh, who's the one that's more spontaneous about workouts? That you're kind of like, oh, I really want to do this today. Which one's more methodical? Uh, I think we're, we're, we're both pretty methodical. Like we're, we're, we're looking down the road. Yeah. We want to, you know, we have goals for the winter in terms of like what we want to do volume wise, engine wise, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what do we want to do in terms of prepping the body to, to move lactate out of the muscles into the bigger, bigger muscles. Triggered. (coughs) And, uh, so those are the things that we kind of look at long-term and then how are we going to get there so that's the the whole process is the thing that we like the best does, I think. does it help yeah. knowing john and george's programming ahead of time equipment wise yes uh that that's the biggest thing is making sure that we can run what we need to do and not conflict with the other programming uh the it has changed how we program because there are some days where on Tuesday, they may have an endurance style mm. workout with rowers and, and bikes mm-hmm. and things like that. And then we were like, oh, shit, that's kind of what we were going to do tomorrow. Right. So then we'll rework what we're doing. Uh, yeah. George is, George is really methodical and all that stuff. And he really likes to like, all right, we're going to crush him this day. And then <laughs> we're going to recover him. And then we're going to uh, build him up. And then we're going <coughs> to crush him again. Yeah. But 
me, I'm more of a, oh, this looks really cool. We should do this. And then George is like, all right, like, that's really cool. Like, that's something you could do, but let's take it down a little bit for everybody else. Because 50 pound makers. And that's the other thing, too, is like, you guys are planning, you know, five days a week. We're planning one, one, one workout a week. So it has to be the best workout for them and make it count for them because it's, you know, they're, they're making a choice for that hour on Wednesday to not do CrossFit. Yeah. It's not CrossFit. It's endurance. And to do our CrossFit endurance class. And that's, you know, I'll tell you what's going to (coughs) help. Second room, baby. Not just that. (laughs) Yeah. What's in that second room? Yeah. yeah. Not one. I'm so excited for the skier. Three. Brian's yeah, like this. three skiers. <laughs> Next three week, I, can't, I, I cannot wait to get that Dang, thing rolling. Those are hard, dude. Yeah. yeah, if you've never used one before, skiers they rack your world. Those yeah. are so taxing. Brian just cleaned his pants. Oh yeah, <laughs> we I, we already have we already have some some multiple modali- modality uh, AMRAPs ready to go. So we're uh, we're we're pumped for that. <laughs> Got two more bikes. <coughs> yeah, I like the way you, whoever set up this room looks good. Jemmy. Melly did it? Jamie. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Jay Sean. Baby, are you down, 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 down? down, down what time got to get out of here? It's 12 now. Whatever. See? 12 minute E-mom. <laughs> All right. Now that you're here, what is the deal with the rower? All right, so uh, Manfro posted oh, this a video. Is great, see? Yeah, Manfro he was posted. just going through it with me yesterday. Yeah, and Set that's the record straight. All right, Cosmo. so. All right, Man so Manfro posted a video, and, uh, and I thought the video was like, okay, but it just it didn't do anything but explain what the damper does, which is just allows the flow of air through the flywheel, right? Right. Now, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not a good rower. You know, I don't have that big of an engine, and I have short muscles, and so I'm not very powerful, so I don't... So, short muscles? Well, yeah, I, they're not big muscles like John muscles. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, you know. Okay, dude, come on. Go on. I right. think you have big muscles, too. Yes, yeah, oh, thanks. Muscles. I got a big muscle here. Especially in those pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Market. <laughs> no. Fuck it. All right. So, <laughs> if I'm doing, let's say we're doing twenty-one fifteen nine, that includes twenty-one fifteen nine in calories in a row. Where, where should I put that damper setting, as opposed to if I'm going for a two thousand meter row or a three thousand meter row or a four thousand meter row? Like, well, I, does, I like explain <clears throat> explain to so, me how so do I figure out the best setting for someone like me? Before I get into it, there's there's you're probably not going to like the answer, but there is no tried and true place to put your damper. Yeah. Right, go fuck yourself now. But <laughs> with that said, there is going to be a damper setting that's going to give you the most power output. And your power output is not how many calories you row. It's not your distance. It's it's your wattage. And that's the same thing on when I when we, Carly and I would train on our bikes, we were always concerned with what's our wattage output because that's your power. Power is in watts. So if you can put out a maximum amount of wattage on a rower that's going to equate more calories more meters rowed so i should be looking at the wattage right so so we did a workout uh i should be looking at the wattage then yeah so we did a workout i never look at that <clears throat> shit it, and and these are things that that do you ever look at the wattage? just shut up and let them talk yeah, <coughs> yeah. my christ so we did a workout about uh, in, an, in the endurance class about a month ago where we put them through we had different wattage, uh, different uh, damper settings, and we had them go through a, a like a Tabata. And at the end, we went into the memory setting, and you can see what the wattage output was p- with each of the dampers, and what we, and that is unique to to every person. So someone and the video that that uh, Manfro sent out, uh, there's other videos that that guy does where they talk about wattage and where you can catch the flywheel how fast you can catch it so they rowers tend to row good rowers at a low damper setting you know somewhere around two to five um and what they tend to look at is because rowers tend to be power athletes power athletes have the fast twitch muscles where they can catch that flywheel quick oh my god (coughs) that's wattage that is wattage holy shit (coughs) Whereas someone who's, uh, uh, let's say, a, a, has more slow twitch fibers, like a, a long, slow, distant type athlete, they can't catch the flywheel as quick because they don't have that muscle fiber recruitment that a power athlete does. So uh, they're going to tend to 
need a, a slower flywheel to catch it, which means you're going to want a higher damper setting. So w when we did that with the wattage output, uh, it some of the people it blew their mind. I mean, Ray, you know, in the old school thought, we would think Ray, you might row it like a four. Yeah. His highest wattage output was at a damper of ten. Holy shit! Um, my my uh, highest wattage output was at a damper of four. Um, you know, and then I think Meyer, uh, Christy was at an eight. Uh, you know, so it, and it differed for everybody. Then we took that and we found our drag factor from that, so we can go on any rower now and set it to our drag factor because every rower is different. Uh, so a, a damper of four on one rower is different <coughs> than the next rower. Yeah. So you, once you find that damper setting, then you can find your drag factor, and then you can you can calibrate any rower to that setting. That's pretty cool. Now, with that said, you know it, it's. I also you have to look at the workout. You know, if you're about to do twenty-one, fifteen, nine row and thrusters, where you're you're really gonna crush your quads. You know, you might want to go to a lower damper setting so that you're not using your legs as much. The difference in, you know, getting to 21 calories at one damper setting than another might be a difference of five seconds, mm. you know, but you're going to be less taxed when you get onto the bar and you're going to be faster than you would have been rowing at a t damper of 10 mm. using that, you know, quads, you know, pulling that because that's hard to pull at a, a damper setting of 10. Um, you might get through the calories faster. Uh, you know, so it, it's gonna, it's gonna definitely change. Uh, you know what you're doing. You know, uh, so, you know, again, it, those are things that we do in the endurance class. We test those things to try and get people familiar with the rower, where their damper setting is, and and you know where they can say, all right, I know I can row a pretty high wattage at this damper and this damper. Which one's gonna work best for this workout? Yeah, and that's what they're getting comfortable with, so that they're not. They know where now to put their damper, uh, as opposed to just going in and saying, "Ah, I'm just going to throw it on a five and, yeah. and row." It's so, so hard. It's not even with size. No, no, okay. no. Um, and I actually, I was talking to a friend of mine who's who's in college now. Uh, his his son's in college, and he rows uh, for the collegiate team, and they do a lot of rowing on them. And he says they they typically they said a, a damper setting of five is like being in the water. That's equates basically rowing in the water, oh. um, you know, typically. So they, uh, they've been doing that. Uh, so I was asking him if he was going to do a, a, a 2K, where, where would you set your, you know, and, they, and he said it would probably be a f between a three and a five, you know, to, ro to row his 2K. Um, but with that, you're going to get a higher heart rate. Yeah. Because your stroke rate's going to be higher. Yep. You know, you know so that those are things that you have to understand, too, that if you don't have the ability to maintain a high, if you're not comfortable with a high heart rate, you're, you're probably going to want a higher damper setting. So your stroke rate is lower. So you're not getting your heart rate spiked. Would you be opposed to making a video to show people how to figure out their damper setting? No, we can do that. We can set up the, uh, or I can even post the workout that we did. I got it from, yeah. uh, you know, I, it's not something I created. I, we got it from uh, Dark Horse Rowing, which okay. is a, uh, not the local Dark Horse. Not that this one. Is, uh, <laughs> one out west uh, that is a rowing club that also does CrossFit. So they, they spend a lot of time on the rower. Uh, so he, the guy who owns that, that gym uh, posts a lot of videos, uh, you know, that of how to test that and how to figure that stuff out. Yeah, that's, so. what, that's what he put me through yesterday. And it was really cool to see the different wattage yeah. between <coughs> settings. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Th those are things, and I'm sure we're gonna have the same questions once we get the skier rolling. Oh, okay. true. That has, that yeah. has a damper yeah. on it too. And know? it's hard as a coach to answer because each athlete is different. You right. Know? What is you know what should my damper setting be on this on this? Well, this person says this, but this person says this. And I'll be honest with what we do in in CrossFit here, we do a lot of power movements. We don't do a lot of long, slow distance yeah. type stuff. So the the muscle fiber recruitment that we're that we're building is for power athletes. So I would probably, if, if someone just came in blind and was like, what should I put mine at? I would probably, I would probably set them at a lower, lower damper set. Yeah. Uh, assuming they've been doing CrossFit for a while and developing the power, 
muscle fibers. If they haven't been doing CrossFit for a while, say a six-week challenger, and when we introduce the rower, <coughs> you know, and they ask, what's this thing on the side? Uh, I would I would probably say uh, start them at like an eight. An eight? Yeah, a, a new rower, someone who is new to the machine, I would put it a higher damper setting because they're they're gonna be, they're gonna catch the flywheel, be able to catch the flywheel uh, because it's not moving as fast uh, mm-hmm. and get get more out of it. Uh-huh. Now, when you say catch the flywheel, what exactly does that mean? So the, the catch is when you are completely collapsed towards the screen mm-hmm. and you're ready to, to to do your next push. Okay. Um, and rowing, which is something we talk about all the time, is a pushing exercise. It's not a pulling exercise. People look yeah. at the thing as I got to pull that handle. Sixty percent of your of a of a stroke in a in a row is legs. Then you're going to get thirty percent out of hip extension, ten percent out of your arms. So, uh, and that's that's that very last thing that should move is your arms. So if you're getting your forearms are getting taxed, you're probably pulling too soon. Uh, and there's things on the rower that we can look at to oh, look sure, at yeah. what your what yeah, your pulls, what your awesome. push looks like. The graph yeah, you graph showed me there. how it should look like. I would get the correct graph when I drove with my legs, locked down my hips, and then used my arms. Yeah. If I was pulling too early, my graph is screwed up. You know, so that was nice to see. Yeah. Uh, and, and that little uh, little tweak in that in that stroke is going to get you that much more power uh, without fatiguing your your uh, forearms um i totally forgot what your original question was damn oh, catching the flywheel oh so um so the catch is when you're <coughs> you're completely collapsed in and you're ready to pull <coughs> that's what they call the catch that's the basically the most important position so it's when the wheel feels like when you there's no tension when i'm pulling on it yeah, or so, is when, there so when is, thi- i feel it so when that tension. thing is spinning if you don't catch if, if you're if you don't pull at the speed that that wheel is spinning you're going to have a, a, like a dead spot of no tension oh shit that happens to me all the time uh, <laughs> a dead spot with no tension it's yeah. kind of like yeah. they're slacking the line right yeah oh, okay right where the chain is completely you're pulling and go. nothing's happening right, right. eventually oh. it's going to catch you know, but, but you're you're talking about like it's, but a, it's a waste of a second. It's a right. waste of pull but, because right. you're not you're, like generating. If, if it's not catching, let's say it catches six inches into your into your push. You just wasted that. You just wasted that it. much power. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. So, but if you're if you're quick, you know, and that because that thing is spinning fast, and you can quick pull quickly, you're gonna you'll get that full catch and and get all the power out. Go of it. it. Efficiency, Caesar. Dude, that's just like. Yeah. Yeah, Jamel should be here. Hopefully, he listens to this one. <laughs> Definitely gonna have to show up to an endurance class to learn more about this. Hell <laughs> yeah! Uh, I only just recently learned how to do uh, one calorie per pole, getting two calories per per pole, mm-hmm. and this sounds like it would really help. <laughs> yeah, and actually, the 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 calories, uh, how hard you pull is not necessarily equivalent of. The amount of calories you're gonna get. Yeah. It's actually what? yeah. It's I realize yeah the really? timing yeah. of my how I pull <clears throat> because calories is is a function of your pull and your pace. You know I always thought I had to pull harder to get two calories. Yeah, but but you can do you can not pull as hard but it, pull more often yeah. and get the same amount of calories. But your heart rate's gonna go up. Okay. Yeah, you know so like I watch Big Rob when he rows he'll his stroke rate's like twenty. Two. He gets like four Something calories like a pull, dude. It's fucking up. Yeah. But he's got such pull hit. sits, and then <coughs> as soon as you're ready, you got another big pull in. Yeah. So he gets because he can pull harder than I can. You know, I'm getting my stroke rates at 32, but I might be getting the same amount of calories, but my heart rate's gonna be a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, so it's you know your pace does play a role in that. That's crazy. Uh, but then again, you don't want to have a stroke rate of like 42 where you're just yanking on the thing yeah. because now you're, catch, <laughs> you're, you're not going to get the good catch. You're going to lose power. Dude, then, the science behind this yeah. is crazy. I, I <laughs> realized that on Fittest Alive. I drove the damper up because it was 21 calories. I wanted to get that shit done as soon as possible. We did. We were the first team off the rower. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm pulling. I'm pulling. And it felt like, yeah, at a drag factor of like 8 or 9, 10, it feels, feels like you're just pulling a semi-truck. Yeah. So if, you know, I drove that down, used the engine I have, I wouldn't be as taxed in my legs for the box jumps and thrusters that you had to do in that workout. Right. So you're very good at seeing a workout, dissecting it. What muscles am I using here? How can I approach this workout? You don't just look at pace. You look out. 
what you know you don't just look at the stimulus you look at muscle groups you look at how to treat each movement differently yeah which is not good for me at work in during the <laughs> open because I'll, I'll literally spend you, hours breakdown looking at a workout how am i going to do it what's my pace how much yeah. how long is it going to take me for each movement and then i'll figure out sort of a goal time it, it's but and it's, that changes I love for that every stuff. person too and i love yeah. doing that stuff that's that's like i guess that's where my add sets in and i like <laughs> I can't, I don't do any work that week, and I'm like literally just dissecting a workout. It's, it's you fun. and Brett Fakowski would have an amazing conversation. Nerds, <laughs> the exact same <laughs> thing, <laughs> and he makes it work. Yeah. Um, so you, Brett Fakowski, if you listen, come down here. Yeah. His his <laughs> oh, video. Hey, he, he does uh, a lot of videos on like Instagram where he he goes through his process. And the Professor like, yeah, Project. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Really? Um, yeah. He he did this uh, video on on. Bo- burpee box jumps on how to increase your efficiency and that's on his uh, instagram yep uh, it's not there, his instagram or it might be on the on the professor project yeah. he has a couple oh, okay. he has free videos of, of how to you can make this you can sort of step back when you're not supposed to but land with your feet together it, it's just he does these things that are just saves a step in getting down into your burpee, which saves you know half a second here, half a second there, and that wow. um, it's it's pretty pretty cool mm-hmm. how he how he does that. Always learning, people. Always learning. Give Dave the mic. Give Dave the mic. That's why I like these podcasts where our guests speak the whole time because we're just sitting there like yeah, wow. I was like wow, <laughs> knowledge bombs. Yeah. yeah, I love these episodes. Um, one last thing, right? Before yeah, yeah, one more. Yeah. All right. So you recently got hurt. You injured yourself, and right now, like the injury bug is kind of going around, yeah. and some of our athletes are hurt. And the injury like, bugs. Oh, dead. can I come into? You know, I don't want to do this workout. I can't. You know, like speak on your experience being hurt right now, because you, you know, if you don't mind, like opening yeah. up. Uh, well, I'll start, I'll start with it's, how you it's hurt funny, yourself. Yeah, uh, and then like, like, what are you doing now? Like, are you you still CrossFit, right? Yeah, All yeah. Right, I, I I kept uh, training right through it. Um, and, I, and I'll start before six months earlier, Carleen had rotator cuff surgery. Yes. So I was kind of on the other end where she was getting back into it. And I was trying to encourage her to go, just scale things, go, just move, go. Um, not thinking that it, I was going to be in the same boat, you know. And it was, <laughs> You'll be fine. Sometimes it's easy when you're not injured to encourage people to, to go. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. uh, but then then it hits you and you're like shit like what do i do now do you want to just tell them um, so so yeah so the whole story was uh i was just starting a new strength cycle uh trying to work on my olympic lifts and things like that and i had just had probably the best week of lifting i've had in a long long time yeah. where I every was, day you're pr and fired up lifts yeah, the clean. i finally hit 200 on my snatch i finally nice. you know, uh, uh 260 on my clean 275 on my jerk which i hadn't hit you know, it took me forever to get to Damn. two thirty. Um, Sounds like a good fucking so week. It was, it was a great <laughs> week. Um, you worked out with the Goonies. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, so then I'm I'm going for my PR. Uh, I think it was a squat clean or something like that. And uh, it was a weight I've done before. Um, it was like ninety percent, and uh, I just caught it wrong. Maybe I let it crash on me or something, and I couldn't clear my elbow to throw it forward. Yeah. So my elbow hit my knee, and then it basically bent my wrist back. Done that, uh, and it. Uh, I thought I broke it. Everything was negative. So I figured, all right, it's just going to be a couple weeks. Uh, but then I started having bad nerve pains in the uh, in my fingers, sleeping maybe an hour a night uh, because it felt like someone was cutting them off uh, at night. And it ended up I crushed the uh, carpal tunnel when the wrist got bent back. So they had to go in and, and uh, they surgically went in and cut the ligament that, that creates the carpal tunnel. So the which connects the there's where the muscles for the thumb and the pinky come together in the center kind of like this muscle here and this one okay they cut that ligament that goes across here uh so that uh that all went well uh nerve pain's gone uh still have numbness but he said that could be 12 months uh, before that comes back uh but it's it was definitely frustrating because i went i felt like i took literally 20 steps backwards yeah. uh you know not being able to put a bar over my I, I couldn't front rack a 45 pound bar for probably a month um 
and now I'm, I'm about six weeks out surgery I think about like that and I had set a goal by December 1 I wanted to be cleaning again uh, which I did did start cleaning again and then now it's just kind of working through the pain uh, I'm not gonna injure it anymore you know from the it's just the pressure on the surgery um, so I'm just working through that and you know putting bars over my head now and just kind of it definitely does not feel good but it's something I just got to kind of work through uh, but when I was injured, it was figure out ways to get things done. I did a shit ton of squats. Mm. Um, when I couldn't front squat because I couldn't front rack, I used straps to hold the bar in the front rack position so I didn't have to bend my wrist backward. You know, there's, just, there's ways to get things done, uh, you know, and, and still see some progression. You know, I, st- I PR'd my squat because, you know, I was able to do that. So, you know, I got strong in other ways. And now it's, you know, trying to get the muscles involved and getting things over my head back in, in where they need to be um, and getting my wind back. My, my cardio was, was definitely suffered because I was, I was definitely not, you know, doing the Metcons and things like that uh, because of it. And I was doing more lifting. And now I'm just trying to struggle my way back into, into doing Metcons like I used to. But your fitness journey didn't end once you injured <coughs> yourself. It just changed. Yeah, you know, it, it definitely I went through periods of like where I was like, this sucks. I would come in, try a workout, and 10 minutes later, I'm like, leave it. I'm like, you know, and, and, it, and it sucked. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, I, I know just when I take a week off how bad it is coming back, you know, soreness and stuff, that I didn't want to do that. So I just tried to get in and move and, and do what I could. Uh, you know, an, an injury is not something to stop. You know that you can work around pretty much anything. Agreed. You do uh, remote coaching, and we had a conversation previously. How your coach actually said it was a blessing in disguise, and how he's gonna—he's uh, just drilling your positions now. And I'm gonna bet once you're 100% recovered, your lifts are gonna be insane. Yeah, there was—it uh, was a lot of instead of doing snatches, I was doing snatch pulls because mm. I couldn't put the bar over my head or, or clean poles and I was working on the, the start position and basically everything up to the, the finish um, you know and, and it definitely when I now that I'm sending him full snatches and cleans he's he says my position is so much more uh, over the bar you know my heels are staying on the ground now I'm getting more power out of my extension and he's like this was a, a blessing you know a huge blessing uh, you know, it just sucked while I was doing it, but you know, the, the those are the dirty work things that you got to do to get good at it, I guess. Yeah. So the point is, don't stop, even though you're injured, people. You know, setbacks suck. We all have them. Yeah. Everyone has them. Everyone has a low. <clears throat> you're going to plateau. You're not going to PR every day. There are going to be tweaks, and don't don't let them get you down. Got to change up your routine somehow as well. You know, and, and leave it up to us mm. to customize your workouts, customize your movements. And it it doesn't take much to go on YouTube and look at scaled options either. Or, you know, little rehab drills here and there for a shoulder or a wrist or a knee. Yeah. And there's going to be things that you know that you could could do before that y- you will eventually do it. Um, and it's when you do get back to doing those things, it, it definitely like you get fired up for it like it's 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 a it might not be a pr because you were able to do it before you know like getting back up on the rings was huge for me you know i I haven't done it in a couple months because of the injury but doing that like my day was i had a great day that because i was able to do it uh you know those are the little things that you have to like kind of set goals for yourself 12 days of christmas baby yep yep set goals for yourself and then you know try to hit those marks and if you don't uh, you know don't get discouraged just it might be a week later where you hit it yeah you know but just you know keep keep working as far as the process of getting towards that you know and that's that's what you have to look at not necessarily the the end in mind but the process that you're going through it'll make you stronger later mm-hmm. johnny had something to say yeah uh if you have a niggle anything any kind of little niggle niggle it's something uh, uh australians use it's like, a, like an injury any kind of like that <coughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> market, whatever. If you have some kind of <laughs> says market, whatever impingement, 
come up to the coach and ask us for a scale. That's we right. will definitely help you 100% of the time because that's our flipping job. Yeah. And just some people that just complain about it all the time. It's like, you guys are going to... They're going to get the same stimulus. Complain, it won't get better. It's like yeah. maybe we have to get rid of the word scaled because for some reason it, it gets people down so much that they have to scale or change a movement. Maybe alter. we need to scaffold. Maybe we need to Scaffolding. alter. <laughs> alter. Like, maybe we I like need that. to adjust. Adjust. That's it. I don't know. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> All right. See, got anything else? That was great. Good episode, Brian. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. That's so awesome. every Wednesday, you could find this stud <laughs> and his wife. This strapping young man. Teaching yep. the endurance class. If you want to know about your rower drag factor or the wattage that you need to be at. Wednesdays at 6 a.m. and also at 5 p.m. At the WAP. At the WAP. At the WAP. Yep. At the next door location, though, right? That's right. Getting, That's right. On, the, getting on the ski ergs. Yeah, baby. When are you going to bring Hudson yeah, in? I don't know. He maybe when we go for a little longer run, we'll take. Yeah, it yeah. Bring your good boy. You're a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. See you.